You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Kamalina Vicino, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston for his series, The Word of God. Welcome, David. Hi, Carmelina. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. That's good. So today we'll be going on forward with um, your series, The Word of God. Um, mm. So um, it's good to have you back. Um, mm. Would you like to share briefly about your journey so far with doing this series and what you've learned? Yes, I've I've learned a lot as I've gone through the series, and I do hope mm. others have learned as well. I know how we, it has. <laughs> yeah, we've covered lots of things. You know, we've looked at uh, the spoken word, Adam to the flood, the flood to the exile. We've looked at the word restored and ongoing. We've looked at the, the preserved word, so we're looking at the written word. And mm. so uh, we also looked at the life of the word. You know, Jesus was called the word. Yes. So we've looked at the recorded uh, the record of his life that was written down for us. And so today we're going to look at the last of that section and then we're going to look at another section after that. Awesome. And um, if you would like to catch up on any of the past programs for the series The Word of God or any of the series for Tassie Encounters, um, you can um, find those at the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au, so you can catch up on um, all the different um, um, episodes that we've done and specifically for The Word of God. So um, what have you got for us today? I'd like to continue sharing uh, my story of my journey with the Word first mm. before we go into the main program. And uh, what, what I wanted to cover today is an experience I had with learning to listen. So, uh, you know, I've talked about how all through my Christian experience I've been getting God's Word into my head. Mm. But as I shared last week, that to me, as I had this conflict between who I was as a person, the challenges I had as a human, mm. uh, as a man, and yet still being a Christian, some of those challenges that Paul talks about in Acts um, chapter, uh, sorry, in Romans chapter 7. Mm. And he says, I, I struggled to do the right thing. I came into this thing called legalism where I thought, well, I can do it. I'm a very determined and purposeful person. I've been in the military. I'm very disciplined. So mm. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that led me into legalism. So what I would talk mm. about today is my step beyond that. Still, I have the word in my head, but then how am I coming out of that and coming into an experience? experiential faith. That means experiencing what it means from what I've read in the Bible. So how do I apply that in my life? So as as we were called to ministry, and that might seem odd that it took some 20 years as a Christian to get beyond the head knowledge and into a, a knowledge that was more experienced. But I, I, as we were called into ministry, I had to actually well, to be quite frank, I'd never wanted to be a pastor. Mm. I saw what pastors did. I saw the hard time they often had. I saw the struggles that they faced, and I saw how hard it was sometimes to deal with people 
I thought, that's not for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not a people person. <laughs> I, I was very, very technical. I was a programmer at one point. Uh, you know, I was very head knowledge kind of person. So I didn't want to be a pastor. But when God called, we started to test the call and we said, show us, Lord. And we did what they call putting out the fleece. Mm. You know, where we, uh, Gideon asked questions and he put a fleece on the ground and he said, God, make it wet around it or and make the fleece dry. And another time he said, make the fleece wet and the round, ground around dry. So he asked God for things that were not possible otherwise. Yes. And God gave him answers that he asked for. And so he knew this was God working. So we had to do the same in this call for ministry. Mm -hmm. And then we watched the answers that God gave us along the way. So we didn't just ask for one thing. We said, okay, what about this? And then what about this? We, you know, we applied to college. I'm a very older person going into college. You know, I felt, you know, in my forties or well, what, what's the point? They're not going to want me. If you want me to go, you know, help them to accept my application. They accepted it. No questions. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> our house sold. We wanted this much. We needed this much. God gave us a thousand dollars more than we needed. Not what we wanted. Wow. Uh, God, God has a sense of humor. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> he provides what we need. Then, you know, he provided another place for us when we got over there. That was a miracle. We, mm. we, we then watched, I watched the transformation in my life. I'll talk more about that next week, so I'm not going to touch too much on that today. Mm. But I passed college with distinctions. And I was, I, well, there was only a couple that were below distinctions, but I, generally that was what my grade was. It was just not quite enough to, to um, what do they call it, to graduate with distinction. Oh, it was just under it. that. But that was, I think, because God didn't want me to get too proud about oh. what I was doing, right? So there's always reasons for everything. Mm. And then I was placed in ministry outside the normal process if you like you know no one had any money and and one particular conference found the money oh. and it was just amazing how god worked with that mm. so i can't share too much more about that but nevertheless it was an answer to prayer so we were watching god's hand at work all through this journey and i started to move as i said there was that transformation before i graduated which i'll talk more about next week but it was a move from the head knowledge mm. to what we call the heart knowledge actually making it a change our life <clears throat> absolutely it sounds like it really um it really was like god in action like mm. um the whole being able to um ask him for something and see him move i guess I, I know mm. I had a similar a similar story when I was at university. I'd never wanted to start a Bible study, and I, I basically said to had a prayer, and I was like, Lord, if you want me to do this, um, you bring the people. <laughs> and sure enough, questions they turned up. <laughs> they, yeah, no, I had friends who started asking me questions about the Bible that have never ever showed an interest, and I was like, What are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, no, God answered, mm. and I had to I had to respond because um, I put it out there so mm, but yeah it's mm. a very um it's very um a scary thing to do because um you're putting your i guess your time and your effort into his hands which shouldn't be scary but some of us like control and mm, um yeah mm. that's i just what you're what you're telling your story just now just reminded me of that and um it's very yeah. very wonderful very very exciting to hear about 
It is, it is. Yeah. So today what I'm doing is I'm finalising as we lay this foundation about mm. the written word, you know, how God spoke it, how it's been written and recorded. And I'm touching around the edges of the exciting part we're going to start next week, and that is the living word. So today in this section, what I want to look at is beyond the recorded life of Jesus and mm. what's the rest of the written word, what else is in the Bible, mm. how it got there and what it, what it actually is. But before we go there and just before the break, mm-hmm. I perhaps would like to ask our listeners to text in their response or their views, because today we're looking at the church, mm-hmm. the church, the life of the church in the New Testament. Mm. What what was their first experience with church, either mm. good or bad? I don't mind if you send in a bad experience, because sometimes we can learn from those experiences. Absolutely. And our listeners might learn from the experiences too, but... <laughs> Um, what What is your first experience with church where, mm. and was it good or bad? So for me, I'll mm. just kick you off, yeah. get people thinking. Usually when someone's talking, you can think, oh, yes, I remember that. Yes. So I can remember being lined up at home. We had we had uh, six kids, so there was five, five of my siblings and myself, and I can remember getting lined up in front of the bathroom or in the bathroom and out into the hallway, getting your hair brill creamed. Some of oh. you today won't know what that is. It's like a grease that's oh. probably it's a hair grease um and and it would slick your hair back and you'd be all nice looking ready for church mm. so i can remember getting that done to our hair and then bundled into the car and off to sunday school and mm. as a youngster i really enjoyed the singing the learning and the stories i never forget the stories mm. and my favorite was david and goliath you know Ooh. getting rid of that dispatching that giant mm. and so those are the things that i enjoyed as I got all older, I still enjoyed much about church, but I didn't enjoy sitting quietly in the, the pew, the hard wooden pews mm. for, through the service. So Sunday school was the most enjoyable part for me. Mm, absolutely. I think I definitely, I grew up in the church, and um, I definitely loved the music. Um, I was a kid who loved attention, so anything that got me up the front, I was I was down for. Wow. Um, right. Yeah, I know. I was I was that kid. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I also um, even though I used to find sermons a bit boring as a little 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 one, um, my mum mm. used to make me write letters to people in the church <laughs> to okay. keep me occupied. So I always remembered mm, that. That great. was my first experience of church. Yes. Um, so as we go to our break, um, just to remind you all of our listener question, what was your first experience of church? We would love to hear for you, from you, um, either good or bad. We, we all have different experiences and we'd love to hear what yours is. Text us in on 048880891. This is Give Me the Bible by Matt Meninkus and Clint McCoy. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming To cheer the wonder, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible, 
my heart is broken When sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day steps enlightened Teach me the danger of these realms below That lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten That light alone the path of peace can show Give me the Bible Holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day In eternal day In eternal day You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we are speaking with David Maxwell on the topic of the written word, the church. Before the break, we had a listener question, which was, what was your first experience with church, and is it good or bad? Text us in your answer to 0488-880-891, and during the break, we did get a response, but instead of telling us at his first, it was actually his now um, knowledge of church, and it was that the church is not a building, but it is um, the people. Uh, it's a building plus the people, I guess, as well. And um, so that was written in by David from WA. Thank you, David, for texting in. Um, thank you. So he was saying that the church is more than just the building, I guess, which is absolutely mm. true. Um, so David, uh, Maxwell in the studio. <laughs> we're continuing. Get your David's right. Yes, I have to make sure I get this correct. <coughs> yes. Um, we're continuing your series, um, The Word of God. Before the break, you said that you're, um, you're looking today at the record that we have of the early Christian church. Mm. And so how are you planning to start us off today? Yeah, thanks, Carmelina. Today I want to look beyond the recorded life of Jesus. So we looked at that in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, and how it's four records of the same story written from different viewpoints for different audiences. So today we're going to look at the remaining section of the written word that details the life of the early church and beyond that. 
So first I want to pray. I pray mm-hmm. for our listeners. That's why I pray, so that mm. they can they can um, be inspired by the Holy Spirit in what we read as we open God's Word. So let me pray. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we can open your Word today. And as we open it, Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to give interpretation and meaning to our listeners. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Carmelina, our verse for today that we're going to read, or verses, comes from uh, a book in, or a story in this uh, writing, a letter, Mm. as we'll unpack in this second half of the Bible, and it's from 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 11. If you could read that in the New King James for us, please. Absolutely. Reading from the New King James. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's really good. And so Mm. this reinforces what David from WA had said to us. He says here in this first part, you Mm. are God's building. So he's talking about people not laying them down and putting mortar in between them, but but, um, it's figurative. But we ourselves are what God is building on and we're built on Christ. That's what he's saying there. Mm. I can remember many, many years ago, we commissioned our first building. I like to say we built the house, but that would not be quite accurate. So we didn't do the building, but we watched others do the building. We commissioned mm. them to do it. And uh, it was my first place. It was my first house to live in. I remember it fondly because they do the outside. They do the whole house and the, the front and they leave the back to you. It's just a whole big pot plot of sand and you have to finish it off. And mm. I really enjoyed doing that, you know, doing mm. something with my hand. But I remember how fastidious it was in making sure that it was built to the right specifications mm. as if I knew. But nevertheless, <laughs> that's what I thought at the time. <laughs> so when they'd laid the foundation, I remember going out with a tape measure and measuring the pad. I don't know if anyone else out there has done that. Uh, maybe it's just me anyway. I, I didn't trust people very much and I had to ensure that they'd laid it correctly and they weren't shortchanging me, ripping me off, mm. you know. I did it because I knew the importance, though, of getting the foundation of a house right. Once I start putting the house up, if the foundation's not right, then nothing's going to be right. No. So that's why I did it. I knew that everything else built on this foundation would be wrong if the foundation was wrong. Of course, they knew what they were doing. So, <laughs> But it's the same for the Christian church. That's what our scripture is saying here. We see that the foundation is Jesus Christ. And while he also used his disciples to start the early church, as we'll read later in Acts, mm. uh, each needed to be firmly established in Jesus. So each person, each apostle, disciple, needed to be firmly established in Jesus. And that's the only foundation that really matters. Yeah, it seems like that's also what we're called to have as well, like a very strong foundation in Jesus. Mm, Absolutely. So before Jesus leaves and goes back to heaven after his resurrection, he spends 40 days speaking with and teaching his disciples everything they need to know about the job that's ahead of them. I don't know if you have Acts 1 open, do you, Carmelina? Um, I can. And quickly get it open for you. I have it if you don't. Thank you. All right, no worries. That's fine. So Acts 1, 1 to 3. uh, Let me read what happens 
This is after Jesus okay. leaves. Now, remember, we talked about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it appears that uh, Dr. Luke wrote Luke, and it also appears from the introduction to both books that he also wrote Acts. It was like a follow-on from uh, the story about Jesus. So he mm-hmm. overlaps a little. <clears throat> the former account I made, this is Acts chapter 1, verse 1, reading from the New King James. Mm-hmm. The former account... I made of Theophilus, referring to the book of Luke, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I can imagine, oh, I can't imagine Mm. what it must have been like for those 40 days. But I would suggest that these 40 days must have been formative for the disciples. No doubt they would have asked Jesus about all the kinds of things that they weren't sure about or they didn't understand. And they would have been, you know, they didn't know he was going to leave at the end of 40 days, but Mm. they would have been eager to get all that information out of him. Mm. And it would have been an amazing time uh, in Luke 24, you know, the matching book, as we talked about. Yes. It talks about Jesus opening their understanding of the scriptures. You know, you've read the Bible and there's many Mm. things you don't understand. Imagine having Jesus right there. You say, I don't get this, Jesus. And he goes, oh, I don't know why you don't get it. Look, Look at the link over here. And then their understanding is opened to actually grasp what's being written. Mm. What it might have been like, I wonder, but it would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. So what follows these verses is the record of them witnessing Jesus leaving and going back to heaven. They're standing there and he lifts up from the ground, goes into the sky. Now, there's a bunch of people there. It's not just the 12, but they're there and they're watching Jesus disappear into the clouds and then two men stand beside them and say, hey, he's coming back the same way. Mm. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And they get off and they get busy. So while they're, what follows after that is they go back to Jerusalem. Jesus says, go and wait. I'm going to send a helper, inverted commas, he says, and then you'll be able to go and do what I want you to do. So this time, (laughs) they listen to him. Mm -hmm. They're obedient. They've learned a lot since just a few days before, you know, a month month or so, two months earlier, Mm -hmm. where they were arguing, fighting about who's the best. They've learned a lot since then. So they become more united, they become loving, they are filled by the Holy Spirit, and they understand his words. And after a week of this being together and being united and praying, about 10 days later, they are filled, absolutely filled with the Holy Spirit. God pours out this helper, if you like, Mm. um, as he said. And then they go and they start to demonstrate God's power in their lives and in action. I'm not going to touch on that too much because I'm going to be digging into next week if I do that. Mm. But in actual fact, the the title of this book is the Acts of the Apostles, which records their actions. But I feel it would have been better to be titled the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. But again, uh, that's for next week. (laughs) All right, we'll talk about that in future programs. So, you know, the Holy Spirit empowers them. And you see a record. You're talking about records and what's written down. We see what's happened then. Mm. Along the way in the book of Acts, uh, the stories of many of God's faithful are recorded, as well as the sad stories of those that died for their faith. So we can see how people like Stephen, who was a new deacon, 
died for his faith, we can see how God supported him through that. that that's important to understand. Many other unnamed Christians were arrested and killed by this man called Saul, who was a, a very um, devout Pharisee. James, the brother of John, is killed for his witness as well. And there's many other stories recorded for our benefit in Acts. One of those is a disagreement between Paul and Barnabas, two apostles, by the way. Mm. And it becomes so sharp, this disagreement, they can't even work together anymore. And they go their separate ways. But God works through even that to his advantage. And he, you know, he, he broadens the field of the gospel. So, you know, Paul going one way, um, Barnabas going the other with different people and the gospel spreads even more. We see the work of Silas, Peter, Ananias, Philip, John, James, Bartholomew, uh, Barnabas, sorry, mm. a, a whole bunch of people. I've got a whole list here. Mm. And, and finally, Paul, who used to be that man, Saul, that we just mentioned. Mm. The majority of Acts details Paul's journeys and life as a Christian convert. Um, and his witness is powerful it really is powerful and it helps us to see through his life and the other uh, christians in acts the many facets of christian life as the book closes we read that um, through at least the preaching of paul the kingdom of god goes for relatively and i say relatively unopposed because it's the jewish leaders of all people the christian or the, the, the religious leaders of their day are the ones that uh, oppose this gospel going forward more than anything some have suggested the book's unfinished <clears throat> however it, it can be said that the gospel is still going forward today so it's a book that's not supposed to be finished mm. <laughs> if it's talking about the gospel message. So as the gospel message continues to go forward through each of us today, mm. acts, acts of the apostles, acts of the Holy Spirit seems to be continuing. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you say is that um, even modern-day Christians are really part of the continuing story of the Acts of the Apostles then. Yeah, that's right, mm. that's right. The word apostle simply means messenger. So if we're being faithful to the instructions of Jesus that he gave and he told his disciples to take the good news about Jesus to the rest of the world, then we're apostles as well. We are mm. messengers as well. And I'd suggest that we are a modern-day extension to the books in the story um, as the Holy Spirit continues to act through us. Oh, very nice. Mm. Well, we've got more to say about that after our next break, um, and I look definitely looking forward to it. Before we go to the break, just to remind you all of our listener question, what was your first experience with church, and was it good or bad? Text us in on 0488 We'd love to hear from you this morning. We also have a free book offer coming up later in the program, and this is called... The key words of Christian of the Christian faith. Um, this is written by Rainda Bermuse Bermuse. That's an interesting one. That's it. Um, but right now, this is for all he's done by Maletta Fong. Every morning when I wait to see the sun, I can't help but think about. The things he's done He meets my every need You know it's been so good to me And I can't help but praise the Lord For all he's done 
is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM with David Maxwell on his series, The Word of God. And we've been talking about the written word in and the church. Um, before the break, I did give you guys a listener question. What was your first experience with church? And we did have someone text in. We have Jason from Hobart. And he was sharing that his first experience, um, that his first memory was actually Launceston SDA Church, which is where you are, David. Mm, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he remembers being there and singing um, as a young young boy. I think it was four or five years old, mm, mm. Um, and realizing how music and melodies work, which is pretty interesting. I, I remember I fell in love with music when I was at um, church as well. So right. it's nice to know I'm not the only one. <laughs> well, Thank- I, can, Sorry. I can imagine. I can imagine. Carmelina, if it was anything like that song that was just played. Oh, mm, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bet anyone would fall in love with music from that. Mm, mm. Um, so thank you for sharing, Jason. Um, and if any of you would like to share your own story, 0488880891, we'd love to hear what was your first memory of church. Now, David, before the break, we've been talking about the books of Acts of the Apostles and how it was the first century record of what the disciples of Jesus did after he left. Would you Mm. like to expand on what the rest of the book in the New Testaments are about? Yeah, sure, Carmelina. Thanks for that. So, as I said before the break, the first book after the stories of Jesus that's being compiled together is entitled The Acts of the Apostles because it's what followed after Jesus left and went back to heaven. 
um, the Acts of the Apostles is a record of some of the significant events in the first century life of the early Christian church, um, including some extended records of significant people in that church like Paul, who mm. used to be Saul, which was interesting. We'll talk about that in, in a moment. How, how come we have so much of his? <clears throat> so the remaining books in the New Testament are mostly a collection of letters, so firstly, there's a number of letters written by Paul to a number of different people in different churches. So it was churches in Rome, in Corinth, in Galatia, in Ephesus, in Philippi, Colossae and Thessalonica, different places where he lived uh, close to, mm. to where he, re- he lived. So following this are a number of personal letters from Paul written to other people, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, and also a letter to the dispersed Jews that were dispersed from Jerusalem, and that book's entitled Hebrews, or the the book to the Hebrews. Mm. So why so much writing from Paul? Well, in my opinion, the Bible even answers that. So Paul, who was Saul at the time, so I hope our listeners understand this is the same person, Mm. but he went by two different names. Firstly, he was Saul, the hard-headed Pharisee. And it seemed that he was determined to destroy this new group, which he considered a sect, you know, a breakaway Mm. uh, that was, in his opinion, drawing his fellow Jews away from their worship of the one true God. So he was determined so much that I personally feel that if he was allowed to continue, he may have very well single-handedly destroyed the Christian church. Wow. So God sees this and clearly God intervenes. So he has this very, very confronting experience with God. He's going to to arrest some people and God addresses him on the way, on the road. And it's this great light shines, it blinds him. The other people hear a voice. Uh, There's two different records. One record says they hear a voice, but they don't see anything. The other one says they see the light, but they don't hear anything. Mm -hmm. So either way, they experience in some way what happened on the road. But for Paul, it is confronting because Mm -hmm. God speaks to him directly and says, you're on the wrong side. And, and Saul becomes a changed man. You know, he goes away and he doesn't eat for three days. He's mm. thinking about all the things I've done that I thought I was doing for God were all wrong. I've mm. been killing people in God's name and that wasn't supposed to happen. God didn't want that. I've been working on the wrong side. Mm. So let me, let me just quickly uh, read in Galatians. I'll read a little bit of his experience. Uh, let me, let me read this. So in a book called Galatians, mm-hmm. he records what he does. Chapter 1, 15 to 20. So let me read it. Mm. I think we have time. If not, we'll squeeze it in. <laughs> Galatians chapter 1, 15 to 20. It says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles or the non-Jews. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. So he didn't go and talk to anyone about this, Mm. nor did I go up to Jerusalem where the other apostles were before me. He says, but I went to Arabia and then returned again to Damascus. And many people believe that that's the time that Jesus 
um, ex, ex, uh, it gives him the experiences that he has that speaks to him personally and directly. Then it says, then after three years, I went up to, to Jerusalem to see Peter, remain with him 15 days, but I saw none of the other apostles except James and the Lord's brother. So that would be Jude probably he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Now concerning the things which I write to you indeed before God, I do not lie. This is a mm-hmm. personal experience that he had that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Afterward, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and uh, and it goes on. Anyway, mm. we haven't got time to read all of that. So also in Corinthians, mm. when he writes an experience about the Lord's Supper, he writes it as if he was there, but he wasn't. Mm. So clearly God gives him this personal um, experience and tells him lots of things very, very directly. And so this is why I believe so much of Paul's writings were uh, recorded in the New Testament and were held on to. So Paul is convicted uh, and he he changes. He does a 180, if you like, and I believe mm. that's why so much is recorded from his work. Then we also have Jesus' associates, <clears throat> James, Peter, John, and Jude. The last few books in the New Testament are personal letters but written by others. So Peter writes two letters, uh, Jesus' brothers, James and Jude, each write a letter, and the Bible closes, and I'm not, talking them all in the right order, so those who know the Bible will understand, but these are the contents that's in there. Mm. But the Bible closes with John's three personal letters. This is the same John that wrote the, the Gospel of John, and also a record of the revelations he receives while on the Isle of Patmos, probably around about uh, 80, 80, 70 or 80 AD. Mm. And some of the others have already been um, killed by then. This was a personal letter as well. So this last book, The Revelations of Jesus Christ, was a personal letter from Jesus, but it was to all of us who who would end up reading it. So through these personal letters, we received many instructions in Christian living and new depths of what Jesus' life, death and resurrection means to us. Um, I, I remember many years ago uh, when I was about 19, you know, I'm saying many years, but it's actually a few decades, no. I, I, had a problem, <laughs> I had a problem with the clutch on my Ford XC panel van. Now, having said that, uh, many guys have now put me up a notch on their opinion because they love Fords, yeah. but others who love Holdens will probably put me down a notch. For those who don't know, in Australia here we have... You know, Ford and Holden, there are no other cars. Well, when I was growing up, that was it. <laughs> and you either loved one, hated the other. Oh. Nevertheless, when, when I got under this car and I had a look at it, it seemed like it was simple enough to, you know, uh, pull the clutch out. Mm. But being wise enough and knowing cars, I decided I would go and get a workshop manual. Uh, because if I got a workshop na- manual, I would be able to follow it instruction by instruction. That's what we did in aircraft maintenance in the Air Force. Mm. And so I, would, I wouldn't make any mistakes. Well, although we wouldn't dream of pulling apart a complex vehicle today without a workshop manual, trying mm. to fix it ourselves, yes. I'm really surprised that many try and make it through this complex, difficult life that we have here on Earth without any instruction manual at all. Mm. Yeah, and it seems like what you're saying is that the Bible contains the instructions that we need um, yeah. in order to help us to get through this life and ready for the next. Yeah, that's right, Carmelina. Mm. And I actually read um, a, a study guide and somebody called it once, this very old study guide, but someone called it the book for planet Earth. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Book of good. instructions for, for planet, planet Earth. Earth. How yeah. to live. How, How to survive. live. 
Oh, awesome. I'm sure we'll have much to talk about about that later on. Um, we're going to our next break now. And before we do, we have our book offer, Keywords of the Christian Faith. Um, if you were asked to define the essence of Christianity, what would you say? All too often, Christian words are used superficially without comprehension of their truest meaning. But these words influence your connection to eternal life. Your relationship with God is woven around the principle of these, that these words embody. Thirteen of the most significant words you'll ever encounter are just inside these pages. Journey beyond the cliches and discover how these perfect, powerful words shape the Christian life now and for eternity. The code will be given after the break. And right now, this is Faith to be Strong by Andrew Peterson. Faith to be strong, Father, we are so weak. Our bodies are fragile and weary. And as we stagger and stumble to walk where you lead, give us faith to be strong. Give us faith to be strong. Give us strength to be faithful This life is not long, but it's hard Give us grace to go on Make us willing and able Lord, give us faith to be strong Give us peace when we're torn us up when we break This flesh can be wounded and shaking When there's much too much trouble For one heart to take Give us peace when we're torn Give us faith to be strong Give us strength to be faithful this life is not long, but it's hard Give us grace to go on Make us willing and able Lord, give us faith to be strong Father, we cannot see How the sorrow we feel can bring freedom And as hard as we try, Lord, it's hard to believe So give us hearts to find hope Give us faith to be strong Give us strength to be faithful This life is not long Give us peace when we're torn Give us faith 
Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and we are finishing up our program with David Maxwell on the topic of the written word, the church. As promised, we have our giveaway for today: Keywords of the Christian Faith by Rainda Brunsma. I'm sorry if I am pronouncing that incorrectly, but anyway, today's code word for today is word six. W-O-R-D and the number six, no spaces. Text that into 0488-880-891. That is word six. Um, W-O-R-D and the number six, no spaces. Be sure to do that in order to claim your copy today. So, David, before mm. break, you were explaining that the Bible we have today could be called the Book of Instructions for Planet Earth. Mm. Um, so, how did we end up with Jewish scriptures and are these other books as well put together? Mm, that's a great question, Carmelina. Mm. Uh, there's been many times when I've had to be the minute taker for a number of meetings. I don't know if you've oh, ever, ever had to do that. I have um, yeah, sometimes. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's not a job I envy from the secretary. I don't they can enjoy have it. it. No, <laughs> but but I found by experience. I don't know shorthand, right? But I know mm. I found from by my own experience that the most accurate way for me to do it is to take some brief notes on everything that's being said, either bullet points or whatever, um, just so that I remember when I look back at it what we talked about. Of course, it's important to listen as well. <laughs> but then that, that that evening, before I go to bed, while the meeting is still fresh in my mind, mm. I find some of it falls out of my head if I do it when I wake up in the morning. Mm. Uh, but I do it while it's still fresh. I make a full and complete uh, notes on everything that was recorded in short uh, in, in more complete fashion. That way, it, it for me, it, te- it te- seems to be the most accurate record compiled of what was discussed, not for just everyone's sake there, but so when people are looking at those minutes later, they can actually understand what was talked about. Mm. So too for the Bible, there were some very good rules that were followed as they compiled these stories and letters in the first two centuries after Jesus left. Mm. One, one thing that's important to remember when looking at the Bible is that God directed its writing and compilation. If we go to Second Peter 1, um, Second Peter chapter 1, 19 to 21, we can see that, that God says it was the Holy Spirit that had a hand in that. It wasn't, it wasn't just the people. It wasn't just the people. It was mm. God behind the scenes helping to make sure the right information got down. <clears throat> so God saw to it that while the early church was still being faithful and true to God, to, to the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus, he had them put this book together that would serve as the Christian holy scriptures like the Jews had the, the scriptures of old. And you can remember how accurately they copied that. Mm. And so we can see that that God did the same for the Christian holy scriptures for this new church. So as the early church discussed and debate uh, what would be included in the scriptures, they came up with a really robust methodology to ensure that the material was uh, accurate, the stuff they included in there was accurate. So to do this, they decided on a number of conditions that needed to be applied to each of the letters and stories uh, that they were looking at. So these conditions were, firstly, the material uh, being considered needed to agree with the rest of scripture. 
that mm. they already had. So what we call the Old Testament, yes. those Jewish scriptures, the, the, the letters they were including from the early church needed to agree with what was already written. And in line with that or in hand with that, uh, it had to be clearly Holy Spirit inspired. So it was clearly God putting his words in here. Mm. And, you know, it wasn't just some Joe Blow writing a story about what happened and, you know, I had my lunch the other day and, you know, that <laughs> stuff yeah. that wasn't important for the whole message of the scriptures. Mm. So those were the, the first two that they, they applied to each. It also had to be written by an apostle or the disciple of an apostle. That was so that if it was written any further or any later after that, there was a possibility that information might get distorted. Mm. So they were very mindful of how accurate the Old Testament was, the the Jewish scriptures. They wanted to be sure that, you know, in the modern age, more modern age for them, they were being true to what actually happened. So the only exception to this was the messages personally dis, um, delivered to Paul by Jesus. When mm. you read them and you read the experiences, and like I said, that that story he wrote about the upper room experience before Jesus died, he couldn't have written that without actually have been given that information from God. Mm. The way he wrote it, it, you read it and you, you can see that's very, really, really true. Mm. And lastly, it had to be read and accepted by all the churches. With the list, this list of conditions, the books we currently call the New Testament were added to what we call the Old Testament or the Jewish scriptures. Mm. And before errors of doctrine and belief entered the church, the majority of these were decided on by about AD 170. So, you know, the last book being written was written around about 90 AD. Mm -hmm. um, so you're seeing that, you know, within a multiple of that, it's all been put together. And the only exceptions to that was Hebrews, James and Third John, and they were added not long after that. By the time we have this council uh, of the early church called the Council of Hippo in AD 393, it wasn't talking about hippos, it was the place where it was held, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the whole Bible we had today had been decided on uh, and what we call closed. So it's called a closed canon of scripture. Mm. Okay, the book was finished. They said not adding anything else after this. So this meant, but that by the time errors started coming into the church in the you know the late three hundreds, early four hundreds to the six hundreds, the contents had been decided on. So those errors didn't end up coming into the church. So. In the last book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ, we see a very complete story of Jesus returning for his pure church, which is now the final event that even we today, the people of God, look forward to. So, look, as I close, I need to give you a few minutes to wrap up. Mm. As I bring you back to my opening illustration of foundations, just as any house that is robust and long-lasting, needs a good foundation, so too the Christian faith needs to be built on a strong foundation, and it is, because mm. that foundation is Jesus. His interactions with mankind down through the ages, his life, his death and his resurrection when he was here on earth, have been faithfully recorded, and it's been recorded and reproduced well, even for us today, and some of our archaeological discoveries show us that. So what are you waiting for? Hmm. Why not dig in and start reading today? Because if you've never read it, start in the book of John and discover who Jesus is and what he's done for us. If you want to learn more, please get in touch and we'll give you some more information. Absolutely. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> well, thank mm -hmm. you for that, David. Um, I know that um, my own journey when it came to um, understanding the Bible and um, 
you know, learning about God was was definitely, I was very grateful for that foundation that I had when it came to the Word. So Mm -hmm. definitely anyone out there, if you want a good place to start, there is our giveaway for today as well. So just to remind you, Mm -hmm. Key Words of the Christian Faith, written by Reindeer Brunsma. Um, Be sure to text us in on 0488-880-891 so you can claim your copy today. And that... um, and that code word was word six w o r d and the number six no spaces. So um, thank you very much for joining us today, David. Um, mm. What do you have for us next week? In a few seconds, next <laughs> week we're looking at the living word, the, the living experience word. of God's interactions with mankind, the experience we're looking at through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Mm, I'm looking forward to that one. Be sure to join us for that and also join us for tomorrow with another Connecting the Dots program. It will be myself and Jason Cook and we will be covering What is Faith? We look forward to you joining us for that. Um, right now, this is Look to Jesus by Phil Wickham. Um, whatever you're doing, I hope you're having a lovely day and thank you for joining us. Have a blessed day. Death looks like an empty grave. Fear looks like a giant slain. Trials look like gifts of grace When I look to Jesus Failure's bout to victory Sin has lost its hold on me Endless love is all I see When I look to Jesus How my heart leaps, how my soul sings For I know where my help comes from Jesus saw me, Jesus saved me Hallelujah for all He's done Everyone comes crashing down Chains are broken on the ground What can stand against us now When we look to Jesus, yeah How my heart leaps, how my soul sings For I know where my help comes from Jesus Crashing waves I will keep my eyes on you For only you can make a way I will keep my eyes on you We'll dance upon the crashing waves I